The message this morning is um, so unbelievably simple that it's probably unbelievably beneficial, right? Um, and I think both Safa and Maria use the words in their testimony, and the word is love. And so the title of the message this morning is The Outworking of Love. Juan Carlos, if you can start the um, wonderfully prepared uh, Dennis Carr PowerPoint presentation for this morning. It'll get there in a minute. The outworking of love. And the scripture it's taken from is one of the scriptures that we had in the devotional series this week. 1 John three, sixteen to 18. Next slide, please. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I'm going to make it so the next time you see this particular delicatessen delivery truck go down the the road, you'll remember some theological principles. And that word is, and that truck's title is, and that delivery company's name is Savile. Next slide, please. Anybody ever seen uh, Savile in your um, grocery store or supermarket? Anybody? Okay. Uh, Great corned beef, by the way. I remember when I was managing a delicatessen, we used to get the raw corned beef from them, and we used to cook it up, and people would stand in line to get the corned beef. Of course, the problem was one day the kitchens uh, and the delicatessen uh, that I was running uh, didn't work, and I had to bring the corned beef home and cook it. And Tina will give you a testimony today as to how many days the smell of that corned beef stayed uh, in our apartment uh, in Bethesda, Maryland. But Savile, I want you to remember as an acronym as an acronym, S-A-V-A-L. And it stands for what we believe and what we believe God has shown Tina and I to be the five basic needs that God gives to all of mankind. I believe we all have these needs. S, which stands for security. Is there anybody here who doesn't feel a need to be secure? A, which is a need for adequacy. We all like to be able to do what we're supposed to be doing. V, a need to be valued. A, a need to be accepted. And finally, L, a need to be loved. A need to be loved. Next slide. But the greatest of these is love. I'm quoting from John 3.16. It's a verse we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. Next slide, please. I want you to understand that this passage in 1 John chapter 3 is spoken to believers It's spoken to people like us. Listen to what's written in 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed 
on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. This message that's written in 1 John 3, this message that I'm delivering this morning is a message primarily to believers. It's a message to those who have received the love of God. And it's also a message to us to tell us what we need to do with that love and what that love is and what is the outworking of that love. Next slide, please. So how do we know love? Well, I would say that first and foremost, we know it experientially. It's not because someone tells us they love us. It's because we see and experience their love in action. How many times have you heard the story of someone who goes up to a brother or sister in the Lord and says, I have this need, and the answer is, that's awful, I'll pray for you. That's not love. What love is, how can I help you meet that need? And so first and foremost, we know love experientially. Secondly, we know it because it was lavished on us. First John 3.1, it says that by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. That's First John 3.16. First John 3 verse 1, it was lavished on us. I don't have the scripture verse here. And we know it according to First John 3.16 because he laid down his life for us. We experientially understand the love of God. We know it because it was given to us. And we know it because he modeled it. That's what love is. That's how we know love. And love is the gift. Next slide, JC. The gift of God's own son on our behalf. The gift of his life for ours. The gift of his love in us. The gift of eternal life and fellowship with God. And dear ones, we know that gift if and only if we have received it. You can't know love unless you've received love. You can't use the gift unless you've received the gift. And you can't receive the gift unless you believe in the giver. Next slide, please. So what should our response be? We know love because God gave us the most amazing love that could ever have been given. We know love because that love gives us the the gift of eternal life with Him. But now that we have the love, and now that we have the gift, what should our response be? 1 John 3.16, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now before you get worried that I'm going to start talking about sacrificial death on behalf of believers, I'm not. And that's not what this passage talks about. So follow along with me. What does lay down your life mean? 
Well, 1 John 3.17 equates it with the possession of this world's goods. 1 John 3.17 But whoever has this world's goods, and the Greek word here for goods is bios. Isn't that interesting? Whoever has this world's life, whoever has what sustains this world, whoever has the money and the means and the provision to buy food, buy clothes, have a house, have a roof over your, over your head, have a car to get to work in, and so on and so forth, whoever has the world's goods, it says that you're supposed to open up your heart. Now, in some of the translations, the word heart here, it talks about other organs of the body. It's very interesting. I think what it means is, if, if you can kind of do it in the DKT translation, the Dennis Carb translation, it's whatever you have in your guts, you need to know it's not yours to possess for yourself alone. It's yours to offer to others in need, just as the Father offered to us what we needed most, love, along with security and adequacy and value and acceptance. He's given us that love, and he's asked us to lay down our lives, to lay down our grabby little possessions, When others are in need, it includes opening up your heart and it involves meeting the needs of others. Next slide, please. But what if you shut up your heart? 1 John 3.17 Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him How does the love of God abide in him? It's very sad to see a brother or a sister in the Lord acting as if the Lord had never saved them. It's disheartening when a believer in the Lord and the gift of God to send his very own son, his only begotten son, his most precious possession, his love on our behalf, for that believer to act as if they never received the gift and they're still going to do things on their own. It does not necessarily mean they're not saved. But what it does mean is they've not allowed God full access to their house. God does not abide in them. It's kind of like the uh, Christmas and Easter goers to the church. They consider themselves, quote-unquote, Christians two days a year. But what are they doing the other 360-some days of the year? Or maybe even believers and followers in Yeshua who come to services regularly on Saturday mornings, yet on the other six days of the week, act as if Saturday morning is something different than how they should act the rest of the week. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Next slide, please. Well, the love of God abides, according to this passage, in deed and in truth. 1 John 3, 18. My little children, 
Let us not love in word or tongue, but in deed and truth. I got all kinds of thoughts running through my head that weren't down here. I apologize for the pauses, but I'm trying to ask the Lord what to share and not to share. Next slide. Dear ones, words are not enough. And you might think, what has this got to do with our capital campaign? Well, you know what? It doesn't have to do with raising money for the capital campaign. It doesn't have to do with raising money for the capital campaign. I believe with all my heart that our capital campaign is a barometer. It's a barometer. It measures something. And what is it that needs to be measured? What is the question that needs to be answered? I think this is it. Does the Son of David congregation family feel that a place of our own will lead us into a new and productive season of ministry? Do we really believe that this is a need and not just a want? Because if it's just a want, let's stop it right now. Myself included, my house included, our office included, all the work that's put into it included. If it's just something that we want because it'll be cool to have a building, let's stop it right now. But if it's a need, a need that will lead us into new and productive seasons of ministry, then the question becomes this. It's not whether or not the love of God abides in you. It's a question of your perceived needs. Do you see a need in this capital campaign that needs to be met? I can give you one need. Is anybody here cold? Now, we can meet that need another way. We can find another place to meet that has really good heat. I mean, that's just one small thing. Do you see a need that, meets to be, that needs to be met? And if you see the need, will you then give lovingly to support that need? I'm pausing and... Because this has been on my heart for the past three weeks, this message. Our congregation has been hit with all kinds of tsuris. Who doesn't know what tsuris is? It's a Yiddish word that means troubles. For the past two months, hmm? three months, sickness, financial, building problems, all kinds of problems. And, and uh, the unspiritual mind, like mine gets sometimes, says, I wonder if we're doing the wrong thing. And then God says to me anyway, no, all these attacks are because you are doing the right thing. I get an email from somebody on a totally different sphere who says, you're this and you're that and you're this and you're that and that's why 
son of David hasn't blossomed like you want it to blossom. And I'm thinking, wow, are we doing the wrong thing? Are we putting our eggs in the wrong basket? And I'm not talking about Easter. And then I say, at least to myself, okay, the time's right. It's a monumental God-sized task. And I look around and I ask myself, does your heart feel the same thing my heart feels? And dear ones, at least in terms of the capital campaign, that is not answered by simply saying, yes, I'm on board. It's answered by sacrificially giving out of what you have for this perceived need that I believe we have to have a permanent place of our own. Now, you've all got those, um, what are they called? The, not, the conviction card. What's it called? Commitment card. It's a conviction card too, isn't it? And on that commitment card, there are two things that you're asked to decide. Number one, what is your initial sacrificial offering for the need to build our own place for him? Your initial sacrificial offering. I used to buy Starbucks on the way to the office every morning. I haven't done it for three months. I make coffee at home. Saves me $4 a day. $4 a day times three months adds up. So far, besides the other things that Tina and I have saved up, we have $800 dedicated, and we're still saving. We still have a couple things to sell. That's, I believe, acting indeed. Two words, indeed. And then the other part is, how much are you willing to commit once the construction starts over and above your current offering to Son of David Congregation to support the building and the mortgage? And you add those two up, and hopefully the Lord will get us to the point we need. But I want to tell you this right now, because the Lord finally gave me an answer. Because we all have a fear of failure. Is there anybody here who does not have a fear of failure? Let me get down off the pulpit. I have a fear of failure. I do. I sometimes fear my message won't be received right. I sometimes fear I haven't properly exegeted the scripture. And over the last three months, I have feared that this building project and the capital campaign may not raise the amount of money needed. You know what God said to that? Stick that fear where it belongs, Dennis. Because if we don't raise the money, you know what that means? It means we didn't raise the money. That's all. We'll still be here worshiping God in spirit and truth. Amen? We'll still be here singing praises. Amen? We'll still be expositing and preaching the word of God. Amen? We'll still be believing in his authority, in his redemption, his power, his love, and the hope that all of that gives us. Amen? Even if we don't build a new building, we will find another place to meet. But even if we don't build a new building, either that or we'll get a new heating and air conditioning system. Where's Vicki? There she is. 
Okay, the heat's going on this afternoon, just in time for next week. Dear ones, this is not just a message about a capital campaign. This is a message about our hearts. It's a message about how we see the world around us. It's a message about how we see people around us. It's a message how we determine in our own heart what is a need versus a want. And if it's a need, God instructs us to act on that need. And if we don't, how does the love of God abide in us? And so I'm asking you, as we're halfway through this capital campaign, to be serious in your prayers to the Lord as to whether you truly think that this is a need or not. And if the Lord tells you in your heart it's not a need, then don't give any money. Yes, what I said. Don't act other than the Lord tells you to. But if the Lord tells you that his house on Norbeck Road, next to how many elderly people living in Leisure World and two other retirement communities nearby and a new residential development nearby, if he tells you that that's going to help the outreach ministry of Son of David Congregation to Jew and Gentile, if that's a true need, then give and give sacrificially. Give and give sacrificially. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but also in deed and in truth. And let us say together, Amen. Will you please stand with me? for the benediction. And God has blessed us with some visitors this morning. We don't stand alone. Next week, next week. Um, We did receive a prayer request from Shirley Ann, who's very sick this morning. Uh, We want to pray for her, miss her presence. Father, would you just lift Shirley Ann up, please, to full health and full strength. Yeah, my hand's cold. You're warm. All right. (laughs) May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha, Yair Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha, Yisa Adonai panavelecha, be a same lecha shalom. Be a same lecha shalom. This is the way you shall be blessed. From day to day, he'll be your rest. 
This is the way you shall be blessed. From day to day, He is your rest. May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May His grace and His face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace and give peace and give you peace and give you peace. Join with me as we bless the juice and the bread before we go down for a time of fellowship. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Periha Gafen Amen Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Hamotzi Lechem Min HaAretz Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth and who rained down the bread of life from heaven, our Messiah Yeshua, and in his name we pray. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.